If you would, we turn to uh, the book of First Peter. We uh, we have taken a break, took a break from from First uh, Peter to to focus on Christ's coming on the Advent and um, look at various um, texts, Old Testament prophecies that spoke to his to his coming and. Um, because I planned it this way, not really. Uh, we're in. We're back to First Peter, where again we're looking at Isaiah. Isaiah is being quoted. We were in Isaiah for four four sermons, uh, just looking at Isaiah seven through eleven, and then looking at Isaiah sixty one, and then now we're 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 back to First Peter. But it's very clear that Peter's expounding upon and bringing our attention back to Isaiah fifty three. This this picture of the suffering servant, and 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 First Peter makes it very clear that you know that this this prophesied figure, this one who would suffer um, immensely, um, would would not only be um, would not only come, but would be this one and the same with the Messiah. Again, it, it, from from that point of view, in the time of time of Isaiah, it was hard to think that the promised king, the promised anointed one who was going to fix all this, would come to suffer. Would come to to willingly um, undergo uh, death, and um, and that was just under, like how how is that a show of strength? How could that be the answer? But we know on this side of, 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 of Christ's coming, of this side of the cross, that that's exactly, that was the answer. That was, that was the mission. To, to defeat, to crush the head of the serpent, going back to Genesis 3, by also being struck on the heel, by absorbing, by, being, by, by, by suffering. Um, and, and, and we see that. That victory came... Through the cross, and so we're, we're going to look this morning back at First Peter. We, we, we're kind of finishing up this chapter. We we started on it, and, and we looked, you know, about four weeks ago about how, yeah, that, that there is what are we called to do in this world, this broken world, and and it talks about suffering as a slave or a servant under an unjust master, and how we're supposed to do that, and that there's there's that, that God is glorified, that He's Pleased when we endure suffering unjustly and trust Him to be the just judge. Trust Him in the midst of that. But again, we see that it goes deeper than that. It's not just, okay, we live in a fallen world and we're going to suffer, but, but there's someone we can look to. There's, he's going to. We're going to finish this thought. There's someone we can look to to make sense of the suffering. And that is the suffering servant. That is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, uh, before we read First um, Peter two twenty one through twenty five, let's pray. Lord God, thank you, thank you for um, this beautiful letter by your servant Peter. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving him the words, inspiring this this scripture. Um, Lord, we. We need, we need you to speak into every area of life, and especially here, where we're prone to, to become jaded, where we're prone to become callous, where we're prone to, to, to doubt your love, 
uh, Lord, thank you that uh, you speak into the struggles we face in this world, the struggles we face against the opposition, not just a fallen world, but the fallen people and fallen uh, angels, demons. Lord, there's, there's, there's opposition, there's strife, there's much suffering. And, and, and Lord, you don't gloss over it, but you speak to it. So Lord, help us to, to see this morning what it is to, to follow you and, and to trust you. Uh, give me the words to speak and Lord, give us hearts to hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Peter 2, 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Um, there are three things I want us to, to see, and questions, two questions, and then uh, a statement. Um, where where do we get to follow Jesus? That's the first question. And then the, the second is where are we spared from following Jesus? And then thirdly. Um, what security we have when we follow Jesus. Um, first, where we get to follow Jesus. Uh, there's a lot of places, you know, you might have a, I don't know if y'all have a wish list of places you want to go, things you want to go see and do. Um, maybe you've um, done a lot of those. Maybe you've checked some of those off. But when I think about places I want to go, they're, they're pleasant places. <laughs> they usually have sand and ocean and waves. That's, that's my happy place, is the beach. Um, but we have this idea, we have this, this, this saying, this passage here that talks about what we, are, what we do as Christians is we follow Jesus in suffering. This, this, uh, this language of following in his footsteps. Uh, the truth is, is that all Christians are called to suffer with Christ before they're glorified with him. Um, uh, we, we, this, is, this is really interesting when you think about who's writing this letter. It's, it's, it's Peter. And Peter was famous for saying what to Jesus? No suffering. <laughs> Don't do it. Jesus said the Son of Man must, must die, must be arrested and die and be raised again. And, and Peter come, takes him aside in Matthew 16 and says, I, I don't think that's what the anointed one's supposed to do, Jesus. I don't think that's the way to go. What, you remember what Jesus says? 
get behind me, Satan. No. So this again, think about the, the, the arc of Peter, of understanding the mission of Jesus and also what he's called to do as a follower of Jesus. He now goes from Jesus, no, 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 suffering, death, no, to now going, hey, because Jesus did that, we are called to do that too. Um, we're called to suffer as he suffered. Um, how, is this, how is this a comfort to us? How is this, why is this something that, that we need to, need to hear and, and how is this encouraging? Well, I want you to realize that, first of all, he doesn't say, it is your fate to suffer. What does he say? It's not your fate to suffer. It's your calling. It's your calling. That's that's different, isn't it? Maybe you're going, well, how is it different? Uh, But fate is like just, it's just what's going to happen. And honestly, that's probably how we think about it. You know what? I get up in the morning, there are going to be things that hurt. I'm going to get up in the morning, there are things that don't go well. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be, I'm going to be, I'm surrounded by sinners. I'm surrounded by struggle. I've got struggle in my own life. i got, my friends are struggling. My family's struggling. There's suffering everywhere. That's just the way it is. That's fate. But he, he there's this different idea because you're called to it. And, and, and what, what does that mean? Well, he's, it's our calling because Christ is calling. He, Jesus was never a victim of circumstance, was he? Jesus never was like, well, what can I do? Well, he's, he's the creator. In, in him and through him were all, thi- all things that were made, Right? Uh, for John 1 talks about the, in the beginning was the Word and, and the Word is Jesus and Jesus was there and, and he, he can, he, you know, he can do, do whatever He pleases. But He was called. He was given this calling from His Father to come and, and suffer not just for nothing, not just because it's a good thing to do to suffer, but for a purpose. He suffered not for his own sake, says Edmund Clowney, but for the sake of God's purpose and for the salvation of others. There was, there was a mission to do. And, and his mission, his calling was to enter into this broken world and face the opposition, to face the, the trials, to face the struggles, to, to, to face temptation of the devil, to, to face rejection of, of his people, to, to, to face... Um, just the, the daily struggles of living in a fallen world. Um, and, you know, he, he suffered loss of family. He suffered loss of friends. He was rejected by his, by his, his own apostles. Um, and ultimately rejected by his heavenly Father for our, for our sake. But it wasn't just his fate. It was his calling. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I mentioned this and, you know, we... Um, I hope I don't mention it too much, but I'm really, uh, really grateful for the opportunity to be a, a chaplain with Anderson Police Department. And so, you know, there's that's not a, a cushy job, uh, and a lot of you have jobs that are they're hard, and they're not there on the scene after a, somebody's worst day um, because they have to be. They, it's a calling. 
they decided to show up and clock in and put on the uniform and do that. Um, they decided to go into the uh, into the, this, this hostile situation to bring about order and peace. It, it's 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 something they, they they're doing that they feel compelled and called to do. Um, I, I'm reminded of. Uh, it's one of my favorite commercials. I, I, I didn't serve in the military, but I thank you all that you, you have and are, and are serving. But there's this commercial, and I'm going to make some Army people mad, but my favorite one is the Marine commercial. Uh, and it's the one where they're, you know, you're, you're seeing these glimpses. You're hearing gunfire and explosions, and you're seeing these people running. You're seeing boots on the ground, and then you're, they're running, and then you're seeing explosions in, this, in, this, in the smoke and chaos, and you see them running, and, and the back and forth, and back and forth between the danger and the running. And in your mind, what you realize is you, any sane person would be running away from it, but then at the very end of the commercial, you realize they, they run into the, the smoke, into the, this cloud, into the flashing, the bombing, and the guns. They run, they're running toward it. And, and that's, that's, that's a calling, right? Calling to go into harm's way, to, to suffer. And, and, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus knew exactly. Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus knew the extent of the, of the hurt, of the, of the rejection, of the reviling, of the, uh, of the abandonment. He knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't just fate. It was a calling that he fulfilled. And so when we think about that, we, we, need to, we think about our own suffering. We think about our own rejection by the world and persecution by un, unbelievers. Uh, when we think about just the normal hurts of, of age and the results of the fall, all the suffering that comes, it's not just our fate, but it's a calling to, to move into those places and know that God wants you there. God's going to use you there. It, it, it uses it. He says that it's a that Jesus is his suffering is an example. And the and the Greek word there that's being translated example as actually means like tracing out, a tracing. So like, you know, if you've ever tried to impress a friend, look what I drew. You know. And really, you took the page and put it on top of another, and you just traced it out. Like, look what I did. It's like, did you trace that? Yeah, I traced it. Um, but or think about when you're learning how to how to write your letters. Do you remember the big tablets? Not not the computer tablets. I'm old. I didn't have that. But like the the it had the, like the lines and and the, and the top of the line it had the, tra- the the dotted A and the small A, the big A, and I, you had you had to trace over those lines. So we're called to it, but also he's this is he's our example. What how do I how do I fulfill this calling? How do I how do I suffer and endure hurts? It's so hard. But again, we look to Jesus, we look to his example, we look to the the pattern of his life. We don't have to be um, we don't have to be trailblazers in this. You know what a trailblazer is? It's, it's a vehicle. But it comes to this idea of, you know, it's the someone, if you've ever watched the movies and Indiana Jones or somebody in the jungle, there's a guy at the head, at the head just with the machete just making, making the path, making the way through the chaos and the obstacles and figuring out where we're going to go. Uh, and, and that's not you and me. Sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? 
It just feels like jungle and, and danger and oppression and just what, what's coming next. But we actually, we're on this trail that's already been blazed, that's already been made, that's already, there's someone who's walked all the way through it, all the, all the stuff, all the hurts, all, the, all the, the dangers and the suffering we could face, and He's made it through to the other side. And left a clear path for us, and so it's it's a it's a it's a an example that we are to trace out and study. But it's also we don't have to start afresh. We don't have to figure this out. But what what does it look like then? What what's the what's the example? What's the pattern? What's the 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 the, the trail he's blazed for us? Um, first of all, he's we show we're, we're to see that it's not because of his sin. Look what it says. It says that Jesus suffered this he's yeah, fully God but also fully man. He suffered, but it wasn't because of it something he did wrong. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. And maybe that's how some of you think about suffering. It's like, well, if life would be easier if I just was more faithful, if I was doing life right. And and and, and that, that that's why I'm suffering, because I'm I'm getting it wrong. And no, Jesus suffered. The pattern you see is someone who is perfect in every way, but yet endured great hardship. He was called to it, but it was not, it was not a result of any wrongdoing. Of course not. It's Jesus. But have you ever felt that way? Have you ever in, in faced hardship, uh, you know, a, a problem at work, uh, you know, whether it's persecution for you being a, a Christian or even just uh, things not going the way you hoped or a, a, time of, a time of need, a time of where you don't see where the next, how the next paycheck's going to come. Any, like, wh- what did I do wrong, God? Why? Why me? And then go, well, it's something I did. I don't believe enough. I don't trust enough. I'm not obeying enough. And again, how do we make sense of that? Look to Jesus. Look to the pattern. He suffered and did He have any fault? Did He do anything wrong? No. Yet He was called to suffer and He did. He did. So it's not, it's not a result of your guilt or your sin. It's something that God's work in and through it. But also, look how He responds to suffering. He did not revile when reviled. Nor threaten. Um, when he suffered. He, what he didn't do was just seek revenge himself. What he didn't do was get forget you God. He didn't say that. He didn't get angry with people. He didn't get angry with God. He didn't lash out. And again, that is so, that's so my nature Hey, you, you know, I, I can handle you crossing me, but if you cross the people I love, man, you know? Do y'all feel that way? That's some mamas in here. That's some mama bears in here, right? Okay. But like, but we, we're, my, my instinct, when reviled, I want to revile back. You're like, what's reviling? <laughs> when someone insults me, what's the, what's the, what's the response? Well, I'm going to hit it back. And, you know, I've, I've got a sharp tongue. I've, I've got, I can really hurt people with my words. None of y'all act surprised. Anyway, um, no, but like I, I can I. That's my that's my simple response. You know, if I face obstacles, I'm going to be mad about it. I want to I want to 
lash out with someone or make someone else the they get to you know be the uh, the uh, the outlet of my frustration. But think about it. Think about Jesus, the life of Christ. Think about his just the the very the very end, the, his his last week. As he as he goes in and he's welcomed and praised and glorified as he walk as he as he rides in on this donkey. And they're, and they're and they're saying Hosanna in the highest, and they're praising him then to be arrested and beaten mercilessly and reviled by the by the Roman soldiers, and then reviled and insulted by the very people who celebrated his coming just just a few days earlier. And looking around when he's put on trial, recognizing that everyone is left, his closest friends. And he makes eye contact with this man, Peter. He witnessed all of it. He saw all of it. But at the same time, just denounced Christ three times before the morning came. Jesus felt that. And then ultimately feeling the rejection of his father. We'll get to that in a minute. But he suffered and never reviled in return. He actually says on the cross, cross, forgive them, they know not what they do. did not revile and return or threaten. But he suffered. He suffered because he was called to it. Not for his own sake. Not because it was, how is this going to benefit me? But for, out, of, out of submission to his heavenly father. For the sake of God's purpose. And out of love for you and for me. That's why he did it. So as we follow him, we suffer for his sake. And for the sake of winning others. To his saving gospel. We get to trace out this life, that's this pattern of Jesus as we live, as we face hardships and persecutions. We, we, we show the world, what, is it, what does it look like? What does this Jesus look like? And, and, and that's what we get to do. So that's where we get to follow Jesus, in, into the suffering. But again, it's not fate, it's not, it's not uh, just random a tragedy, but it's something we're called to, and God's leading us through for His glory, for His sake, and for our own sanctification. That's where we get to follow Jesus, verses twenty-one through twenty-three. But now, where where do we not follow Jesus? Where, what are we spared? Where are we spared from having to go? And that's 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 the good news, right? In twenty-four, which which motivates us. To, to follow his example. 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. But his, his suffering wasn't just an example. It wasn't just a model. It was a saving example. It, it accomplished not just his own obedience to the Father, but it, what did it do? It it, it satisfied divine justice. He, 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 his suffering brought about our salvation. Did it? Isaiah, again, going back to Isaiah 53, that's where he's, this, this, all this language sounds so similar, and he's pulling from that. Isaiah 53, 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Isaiah 53.11 Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. That is God the Father. He shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. He shall bear their iniquities. Yes, we're called to suffer as Christ suffered, but we're not called to the ultimate suffering, are we? He suffered to the, to the end, to the uttermost. He, he not only endured the reviling of, this, of, of, of people that didn't understand His mission, He not only endured the rejection, not only endured the, the effects of a fallen world and the constant assault by, by the devil and by... He, he didn't just do that. He, he, he overcame it. He won the victory over Satan. He won the victory over death. He paid for your sins and mine. He endured the, the rejection of His Father so that what? We wouldn't have to. We wouldn't have to. Because of His suffering for our sins... You and I don't go down this road. And we never will. If you're, if you're here today and you're struggling with assurance, you're struggling with how... How can God love someone like me? And if you're asking that question, that means there, there's some... The Spirit is kind of churning up, showing you the... The junk in your life, which can be good. That's the beginning, right? Where, where do I fall short of God's glory? Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. It's there. I see it everywhere. But, but He doesn't leave us there. We're not just the result of, our, of the sum total of our sins. But in Christ, we are, what does He say? We're dead to sin. We're dead to sin. Paul talks this way. Romans 6, 11. So you must also consider yourself, yourselves dead to sin and alive in God and Christ Jesus. Also Colossians 3, 3. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What does that mean? We've died to sin. Does it mean you stop sinning? It means that no longer sin no longer has dominion over you. Sin does no longer have the final say. You are now set free. You're now declared righteous because Jesus bore your sins for you. He was your substitute. You died to that. This no longer has power over you. No longer, uh, it no longer condemns you because of Christ's suffering, which was, which brought about your salvation. You're de- you're dead to sin, but also alive to righteousness. You live to righteousness. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. We now, in Christ, have the ability to do what? To, to obey. Not perfectly. But, but, but to follow Him. To, 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 to delight in His Word and to say no to sin. Paul says in Romans 6, 12-14, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey His passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members, your whole self, to God as instruments 
for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. We have an example, but it's a saving example. It's not just a, it's a trail that He blazes and we, we walk, but we, don't, we can't, and by God's grace, do not follow it all the way to the end. The end of that trail isn't, the end of that path isn't death, it isn't, it isn't hell, but the end, but through Christ, because of what He did, because He endured hell, the end of the path for us, the trail the, that, that, that Christ has blazed for us is glory. Forever and ever, it's eternal security because He has done it all. What wonderful news. What amazing grace. By His wounds, you have been healed. Let's go back to that that quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon. Man, I, I just I came across that. I was, I'm on this network with some other pastors, this email chain, and somebody brought, used that one, and I was oh, that's, that's, so, that's so amazing. Look, but it's, but it's true when we think about it, right? We think... Well, let's, let me just read it again. I implore you, do not make your repentance into a rival of the stripes of Jesus. Do you get what he's saying? Do you get how how we, we are tempted to go, it's my repentance that saves me? It's, it, we do it a lot too. You know, you hear people say, Well, how why, why are you how are you uh, how are you enduring this hardship? How how are you how are you handling life? Well, I, you know, it's my faith. Now, hopefully what they mean by that is the object of their faith. My faith in Christ. But sometimes we can be tempted like the strength of my faith is what keeps me secure. Well, again, the strength of your faith does this, doesn't it? If you're honest. But we do the same thing with repentance. How, how fervent am I in acknowledging my sins? How fervent am I in running from them? That's what keeps... No. No, that's not your security. That's not your hope. That's not... We don't have to... We're not called to do that. That's not what He's calling us to. As He says, follow my steps. Your stripes, your, your, your repentance does not bring healing. It's only when you... Again, what, what is repentance? It's not turning from disobedience to obedience. It's turning from disobedience to Jesus. And looking to His suffering to heal you. Looking to His death and resurrection to heal you. That's, that's it. But he's so tr- it's so true. We, we can make our repentance, our sign of repentance, our acts of repentance, what we look to. But look at what he says. In, in Christ on the cross, there are five wounds, but you have not to add even another one of your own to them. His suffering, His death on the cross is more than sufficient. In Him and Him alone, He says, is all your healing. In Him who from head to foot becomes a mass of suffering that you, diseased from head to foot, 
might from the crown of your head to the sole of your foot be made perfectly whole. That is who you are. That is who I am in Christ. Made perfectly whole. Isaiah, again, 53.5, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our, our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us Interactive part. Peace. By his wounds we are healed. It's done. It's past tense. You're healed through the wounds, the suffering of the suffering servant Jesus Christ. And here's the last point, the final point. Verse 25 is just an exclamation of joy. What security, what joy and peace we have in following Jesus. Look what he says. For you were straying like sheep, but now, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. To, to be, can be converted to trust in Jesus is returning to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. Now, as I, as I read those two words, I'm thought, I think about my calling as a pastor, my calling as an elder, and these other men that serve with me. Uh, if you want to know who they are, look on the back of your bulletin. Um, you know, we, we, you know we can, you can see our names there. And we're called to do both these things. To, to, to help guide and help tend and, and communicate and, and find out where, where, where y'all are uh, in life and to help bring you into the fold and help, help you find nourishment in Christ like that we're shepherds. We're called to do that. We're called to oversee. There's, a, there's an aspect of our job where we make decisions we prayerfully consider various, uh, various things and make decisions and guiding the church. But here's the thing, like, you know me, you know some of these guys. We don't, we're not there because we, we do it perfectly. We're not there because we, we, we have all wisdom and understanding. We're not there because, we're there because we're called to do it. But it's, I, you know, it's it's hard. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult thing. And I, and I want you to know that, that we, we feel that. Because like, what, some of what we get to do, some of what I get to do as a, as a, as a, as a shepherd, as an overseer, uh, an under-shepherd, is, is I know your hurts. I know your struggles. And I can't do anything about it. <laughs> and that's where it gets hard. I can't, I, can't, I can't change the circumstance. I can't undo it. And that's really what I want. I'm a fixer. It's hard to be a pastor and to be a fixer. You know, like it's just things you can't fix. But I have to remember as an under-shepherd that there is the capital S shepherd. There's the capital O overseer. I'm speaking to you, to elders in the room. we got to remember... The church's security isn't in us. It's in the shepherd, the overseer. And, and elders, especially, we're just, just like all of us, we're called just to, to trace the lines. To, to walk in his footsteps. Not so everyone looks at us, but so that we can go look at Jesus. Look to him. I can't, I, I, there's no hope I can offer only the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
So I want to say that to our elders, to our to our leaders in our church, that look, there there is a chief shepherd, there's a there's a chief overseer, there's a head elder, there's a head there's a head pastor, and it's not me, it's Jesus Himself. And and, and that's our security. The suffering servant came to to step in our place to endure sin for us, but then to keep us and to guide us. Even in the valley of the shadow of death. There's no place that his, his feet haven't trod. There's no place he hasn't gone. There's no, there's no corner or, or, or wrinkle and suffering in suffering uh, of this life that he hasn't felt and experienced. He, not only, he goes before you on the path, but he's also with you. Overseeing, caring, ruling over in His providential care. Exactly, moment to moment, what, what you need in life. And supplying your every need, but also with you, guiding, shepherding, loving, tending to you. When I put my girls to bed, they're not here, I was going to use this anyway. But when I put them to bed, we have this little routine. Part of it's kind of a... Relaxing exercise we do, you know, some deep breathing, some stuff. My parents didn't do that. Anyway, let's go to bed. Um, I, it's better. It's better. I'm not saying we should go back. But, I, it, you know, you know so, some, sometimes we just can't get geared up in the day. Maybe y'all have that or have an app that helps you decompress or kind of relax your body. But we have this little mantra we do. At the end of it, I say... Um, you know, your body's relaxed, your mind is at ease. That's the part. Then I go, and the Lord your God is watching over you and keeping you. Because He never slumbers nor sleeps. And He loves you. That, that's, that's my little nightly benediction. Why am I starting to tear up? Anyway. Um, it, but that, I say that. And sometimes I honestly say it just because that's the routine. But it's true. <laughs> it's true. I don't. When I lay my head down at night, that's when all the things hit for me. All the questions I can't answer, all the hurts that I know of, that I'm that I'm dealing with in my own soul, I'm dealing with my own family. That that just and just what I see in the world and what I know it's going on with you. All that hits, but. What I say to those girls is what, is, what, is what Peter's saying to us in this passage. You've now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You were straying like sheep, but now you're back. And this overseer, the shepherd, has you. Because he loves you. And he doesn't slumber or sleep. There's no, no time where his eyes are off the road. There's no time where he's not mindful of what, where you are and what you're going through. He oversees all and he shepherds his people. And because he has suffered, we know how to suffer. But more than that, because he has suffered, we won't endure the ultimate suffering. Your worst fear will never come true. Because you're secure. In the overseer and the shepherd of your soul. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this truth as we go into a new year. 
You're not calling us to save ourselves. You're not calling us to add to your stripes, Lord Jesus. You're calling us to walk down a hard road into the valley at times, knowing that you've called us to it, though, and that you are with us in it, and that you will see us through to the other side, for you are our good shepherd and our overseer. Lord, help us to trace out the, the lines, to walk in the footsteps you've given, but to take great comfort that our destination is different from, from, from rejection, ultimate suffering. It is a destination into your loving arms. Heavenly Father, through, through the, the merits of Jesus Christ, our Good Shepherd, and in the power of your Spirit. That's who we are. That's where we're going. That's the steps you called us to, to, to walk in. Help us to do that, knowing that you will see us through. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Day here at Faith, we um, we take the Lord's Supper. Um, he said that often as you come together, uh, do this in remembrance of me. And I just want to read, you know, from our bulletin why we do this. It says, Communion, also called the Lord's Supper or Eucharist, is the family meal of Christians. We invite all committed followers of Jesus Christ to share in the sacrament. Those who are baptized members of a congregation that proclaims the gospel, who are at peace with God and their neighbor, who seek strength to live in a deeper communion with Jesus. If you're not a Christian or not prepared to share in this meal, we encourage you to spend this time in prayer. We hope that this time is helpful to you as you consider your relationship with Jesus Christ and with his people, the church. Um, all that this is, all that this, the service is, is calling you to Jesus. Even in the saying, 
don't take if you're not a member of good standing at a gospel-believing church. It's still saying, come to Jesus. We're acknowledging that, this, that Jesus is real, that he really did die. He really did, he did raise from the dead. He was raised from the dead so that we might know victory and, and, uh, over sin, over death, and over Satan. Um, that we may be whole, that we may be found perfect and, and pleasing to God, that we may be returned into fellowship with him, and we may enjoy the benefit of having him as our shepherd and overseer. If you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, that is true for you, and this meal is to demonstrate that as you take of it together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so, I encourage you to come, take, um, be strengthened by what this represents, the gospel, that you uh, are in Christ, and He is in you, that He has done the work of redemption. Um, his shed blood, His body given up for you was done, and it was enough his suffering was enough to bring you to himself and you are secure in him. So to be reminded of that and come and partake of Christ by faith. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. As I'm ministering in his name, give this bread to you. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from it, all of you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for, your, for the gospel that we've heard from your word this morning, for the, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Lord, use the truth of your word and, the, and what's represented in the sign and seal. Lord, use it to, 
to give us great security in your love, to, to give us hope even in the suffering that we endure, that it's not just something we have to do, it's something we're called to do and we're equipped to do and we're led by you through it, Lord. You have walked the path. Help us to follow, knowing you will see us through, not, not on our own merits, not to, to the end of making up for our sins, but because you have done that. You have died. You have paid the price. And we may come through more than conquerors through him who loved us. We pray all this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.